Blog Talk Radio. And now, here's your host, William Powell. The king of DC media. Good evening, ladies and gents. Welcome to the special preview episode of the Inside Acting Radio Show. Tonight, I will be speaking with Andrew Porter, a producer and also a PR director, Aladrian Wetzel, and they are both from Fells Point Corner Theater. We'll be talking about Fells Point Corner Theater's 2018-2019 season. They've got many fantastic shows, including Sex with Strangers, directed by Patrick Gowirasi, and also produced by Aladrian Wetzel. They have Stick Fly, directed by Kristen Cromwell. They've got Charlie's Aunt, by Kristen Cooley. Jerusalem, directed by Ann Tiriano. The Effect, directed by Andrew Porter. Rosencrantz and Dylan Stern, directed by Lance Bankard. And also their fantastic 10 by 10 by 10 short play festival. I've seen that that uh, festival at least three times, and it is magnificent. It is a must for theater lovers. Now, you can find out more by going to www.fpct.org, and they are lo- located at 2 251 South Ann Street in Baltimore, Maryland. All right. Remember, you can book a slot on this show, which is heard worldwide by contacting me at William Powell at uh, actually William400 at yahoo.com. That's William400 at yahoo.com. Subject line IA Radio Show. That's IA. In capital letters, and you can also contact me on Facebook at William.T.Powell. All right, so I uh, see that uh, Andrew and uh, Adrian are on the line, so let me go ahead and bring them on the air. Good evening, gentlemen. Hi, good evening. Uh, hi, this is Andrew, and I have Adrian here with me. Hi, William, this is Adrian. Hey, Adrian. All right. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you very much, very much for having us. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Andrew, talk about your selection process for these wonderful shows. Uh, sure, I'd be glad to. Um, FPCT uh, started their selection process for this upcoming season uh, around last November. 2017, and that was headed up by our vice president, Grayson Owen. He was the head of the uh, play selection committee, and what we have done in the past three seasons, what we kind of got away from this season to give us a little bit more um, variety to choose from is, as you may recall, William, we had some some themes uh, in the last couple of seasons. Uh, where we were, like, for example, uh, this past season was Unfinished Business. 
um, where we were selecting uh, a whole season based off of that theme um, of ghost stories. Right. This year, uh, we really wanted to, to set our sights pretty high uh, at getting just the best uh, material we could on stage um, and really put together a, a blockbuster season and, and, and not be so confined into a theme uh, is what we kind of came up with. And, and as I said, Grayson headed that process up, and we spent from about November through April selecting our plays and, um, and then amna- announced uh, our selections right before the last show of our season. The quickening. Um, yeah, the quick. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the process kind of starts off pretty broad in terms of you know what do we want to achieve with this season? Um, what does that kind of look like in terms of um, comedy versus drama versus something for a broad audience uh, versus maybe looking at things that are, are challenging us artistically in ways that we haven't um, done so before. And so we kind of try and shape our season on the, at this kind of high level of what we, what we want to see and then, and then find plays that fit. You know, I mean, it, that, I mean, looking at this list of, of plays, Andrew, I'm just like amazed. It's just like, I mean, it feels, Fells Point Corner Theater just gets better and better. So I want to go to uh, Adrian. Now you're producing a Sex with Strangers, so you got to talk about that. All I know about it was written by, uh, I believe, a writer from uh, House of Cards. Now you're producing that one. Talk talk a little bit about that one. Sure. Um, uh, I will say one one minute one thing before uh, I talk about Sex with Strangers um, to piggyback on what Andrew was saying about the season. Uh, FDCT, a part of our mission is to do, you know, contemporary works, time-tested favorites, um, but with Sex with Strangers, um, one of the key things that we have done previously is have Baltimore premieres. So Sex with Strangers by Laura Easton is a, is a premiere here in Baltimore, first time I've been on stage in this area. Uh, and I hate to say it, but it's exactly what, what the title says, uh, with two strangers, uh, two, uh, two writers. Uh, they meet in a secluded uh, bed and breakfast uh, uh, one is a, a talented, you know, unsuccessful writer. Uh, her name is Olivia, and uh, she meets a you know, popular sex blogger named Ethan, who has, you know, you know, blossomed and and become, you know, uh, shotgun to famous uh, because he used his uh, blog and wrote a book out of it. And so they basically meet, uh, connect, um, and then you know, uh, you know, build a relationship and some intimacy. Uh, through that and their relationship changes and we have an exploration of, of you know, of gender and identity as well as, you know, uh, professionalism and talent. And, and it's, 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 a, it's the kind of story that if you like intimacy, you like dr- drama, you like a little bit of, you know, relationship comedy. Uh, if you're a book lover, both of these uh, characters and obviously the, uh, the writer, Laura Eastern, uh, we, we make a lot of comments about books and novels and just the idea of putting, putting all of those aspects together uh, is basically what Sex with Strangers is about. Wow. I'm looking forward to seeing that one. That, that sounds very, very interesting. So now, Andrew, you know, one of my favorite plays is Stick Fly by Lydia Diamond. It's a, it's a very sharp uh, contemporary Peace. I know it takes place up there. Martha's Vineyard uh, has uh, African American characters. Fantastic. Directed by uh, Kristen Cromwell. 
So uh, you you got to talk about uh, that play and uh, you know how you 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 came to choose it. Uh, absolutely. So I actually had the pleasure of sitting in on the first read through uh, with the entire cast Monday night this past week. Um, cracked open the scripts for the first time, and they they just started rehearsals this evening. Uh, I have to give it to Kristen. She did a fantastic job with casting. Um, we had a huge pool of talent come out to our auditions this summer, and and we were really grateful to to get these folks on stage, a lot of whom we haven't worked with yet. And um, we also have Marianne Angelella, who will be producing that show. Uh, if you're familiar with her work, she's been on stage a lot here, as well as a lot of work as a member um, of our company. She was in the quickening uh, that was written by Mark Sharp this past this past year, but she will be directing, and she's she's thrilled to be working on Sick Fly as well. That was actually uh, kind of her suggestion as being one of the other participants in the play selection committee. She brought us Sick Fly, um, and we all looked into it a lot and really started to see the the power of this play. And now it is, I guess, about nine or ten years old, um, and one of the things that we are looking forward to addressing in the run of the play is we're going to have a moderated talk back, um, specifically discussing race relations. And one of the things we want to focus on talking about is, you know, what has transpired since this play was written. Um, so what are the important messages that are contained in this play, um, whether they are, are racial or whether they are um, gender oriented or class. Uh, or class. There, there are a lot of levels to this play. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was, it was written during the Obama era, and a lot is, is uh, changed at that, at, you know, since then. So, uh, Aladrian, what's your take on that? I mean, what, what's your opinion on, you know, doing a play that, uh, that may, may or may not match the times? Uh, I mean, I think, uh, you know, uh, classism and, and, and racism are, are things that are, are, are always apparent. Uh, they were apparent, you know, 30 years ago. They're apparent 10 years ago, and, and they're still apparent now. Uh, I mean, my, I myself, I am a person, uh, a woman of color, and I wanted to make sure um, uh, that, you know, uh, Fells Point Corner Theater, you know, strive for diversity and, and show different kinds of voices and had different kinds of shows to participate in our season. So I was extremely excited about Six Fly. I, I've seen the show before. Um, but again, it's, I, I think it's, uh, you know, theater is, some people like theater because it's an escape. Uh, me personally, I enjoy theater because it's an opportunity to have a discussion. It's an opportunity to, you know, see different kinds of stories. Uh, it's an opportunity to learn and to grow. And so I think Stick Fly is a really good um, addition to uh, to our season. It'll it'll stretch the minds and uh, get a lot of people to to talk after after the show, which is what I think we all should do when we leave the theater. Yeah, that's that's definitely a way to look at it. I mean, it's either an escape or a way to to challenge assumptions and 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 ways of thinking. So now, uh, Andrew, uh, we got to talk about uh, Charlie's. Uh, now, this one was written by Brandon Thomas, directed by Kristen Cooley. So this yes, is uh, very interesting. Talk about that one. 
Uh, so as Ladrian had mentioned earlier, one of our uh, one of our uh, pieces of our mission statement is to is to to bring back time tested favorites, um, things that have been over you know widely produced over the years uh, and give people the opportunity to work on those plays here as well and see them. And Charlie's Aunt just happens to be one of those plays at the turn of the century, late 1800s, that um, opened up in, in England and has had one of the longest runs of its time. Um, and as far as I'm concerned, the comedy still holds up. Uh, it's definitely, you know, somewhat of a farce, you know, very much of that, that style of um, – the, um, I guess, similar to like she stoops to conquer, uh, like a farce. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, the um, yeah, I was trying to think. <laughs> the the sorry, restoration comedies. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, and it's in very great hands with Kristen Cooley. She previously directed the first musical that we'd had here in a number of years. Uh, title of show. Uh, I'm not sure if you got to catch that two seasons ago, but. Um, she did a fantastic job on that, and we're really looking forward to what she's got for us uh, for Charlie's Aunt. Um, it's a pretty sizable cast. Um, it's uh, going to require a lot of period clothing that we're looking forward to. That's another thing that kind of like, you know, things that we look forward to in rounding out a season, um, you know, just getting around time, around the globe, so this was one of the the ones that we chose to kind of go back in time and 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 revisit a, a favorite. Yeah. So, Alejandro, what what's your uh, general feeling about farces? I mean, I, they, if they're done right, they they can be good. If they're not done well, I mean, they can. Well, maybe. <laughs> what's your opinion? They can they can they can be silly. They can be silly. Uh, I I think. Um, yeah. I mean. I, I think farces uh, they have they have a role just like in, in theater just like uh, you know dramas uh, uh, just like Shakespeare you know they they, they have their place and and uh, the the good thing about farces and the good thing about uh, certain types of uh, com- uh, comedy is that they're they have wide appeal so that's probably why uh, Charlie's aunt to, um, to to speak on what Andrew spoke of the fact that it has been a long running show for a number of years. That means a lot of people had had broad appeal across many different um, ages, many different types of people, and so farces again can be a little silly, but at the end of the day, people like them, and you know they get butts in seats, uh, and they allow uh, people to kind of just see, you know, you know, relax and and kind of enjoy a, a lighthearted, you know, lighthearted fair. Yeah, it gets people in the theater definitely, definitely. So now, Andrew. There's a. Uh, I just wanted to add. I'm, your... I'm sorry, William. Go ahead. Go ahead. Wanted to add one more thing about comedies in general. It really gives our uh, yeah. actors a time to shine. Um, comedies are such a difficult thing to pull off and deliver, and to deliver night after night uh, for four to five weeks uh, at a time. So uh, what's really great about working on the comedies is getting in there like an engineer um, a little bit and really breaking it down into a place that doesn't feel funny anymore. And then you get to a point where you're really taking it seriously. um, And then the, the audience follows you along and you're 
uh, it's I'm sorry. It's just a very difficult you know um, process to work on comedy. So I'm really excited to see what what the actors can put together there. Oh yeah, yeah. You got to keep up your cues and and really know how to how to keep the energy up in those comedies. So now I want to talk about Jerusalem by Jez Butterworth uh, and Tiriano. I've seen her in some shows up there before. Um, so, uh, Andrew, tell me about that one. Right. So, Antoriano, um, just directed the quickening force. Um, and she got really excited when she found out that we were looking at Jerusalem. This has been a personal, um, play of hers that she's been wanting to do for a long time, wanting to direct. Uh, so even though we had just kind of discovered it collectively here and got really excited about it. She's known about it for uh, quite a while and really looking forward to what she has in store for us. Now, Jerusalem is going to be, for us, um, a big stretch artistically in terms of how we present this play. Um, One of the things that Anne Toriano is really um, diving into is the, the extreme naturalism that this play suggests, just the um, it doesn't really sidestep around anything. Uh, if you if you kind of read the description of the play, it centers around a character named uh, Rooster, who is um, somewhat of a messy character, a flawed character, um, but an anti-hero in many ways. And um, his lifestyle is is not very glamorous, and um, he kind of lives off. Uh, I guess out away from civilization on on a piece of land that he just claims as his own and um, kind of lives the way he wants to live. And so we're really going to try and bring a, a three dimensional experience um, to our audience with this show. Um, we're talking about having real grass on stage, you know, a fully built or at least mostly built trailer um, on stage. Uh, we want to kind of get that the the smells, the the sounds, everything in there. Um, uh, Antoriana has been using this term hyper realism. So now, Adrian, now you're in, in PR. So how would you go about marketing a show of an antihero? Uh, no, that's interesting because uh, obviously I'm still trying to figure out uh, you know, what exactly is going to uh, occur with the show. Um, I think the best way to to market this kind of uh, hyper uh, hyper uh, naturalism and 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 uh, you know organic types of uh, a, a storytelling would just be to, to go straight and go front on, go straight into it. Uh, uh, let people know what we're doing. Um, give them a sense of of the scale and the scope of what we're trying to do. Um, I think a lot of times people think you know these small theaters, these community theaters. You know, I, I know for a fact my father-in-law. Every time I tell him I do theater, he thinks I'm in a you know in a church basement, you know, holding scripts with no lights and no sound. So I think one of the things <laughs> that are really I know right. Uh, I I think with a, a lot of things, especially with this show, especially what I've heard from Andrew and and what I've heard from uh, from Ms. Toriano, uh, is that you know we're 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 going to go big or go home with this kind of show, uh, and we want the community to be aware of it. We want everyone to 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 come see to be a part of the experience. Um, and if we, you know, again, we're, we're a nonprofit organization, we're a community theater, so we, we, we thrive on generosity and donations. 
So we're hoping with some some uh, some fundraising efforts and some of those aspects that we can actually you know uh, get this really show the experience, really get uh, audience members uh, to kind of have that 3D experience that Andrew spoke of, and kind of do something that you know small theaters don't normally do. And I think that's that's really going to be the key um, from a public relations and, and and marketing perspective is just go all in and, and into that uh, aesthetic. Yeah, I'll tell you, Will, and one thing I'm looking forward to uh, with this show, after, I also got to sit on the, the first reading of that, um, is the language. The language is absolutely beautiful, but it's also um, shocking and and oh. it's very gritty. And there's a lot of slang terminology that uh, our American audiences aren't going to be familiar with, which is sometimes a fun ride to go on. Uh, we're going to do a lot um, to help that and sort of uh, lobby display. We'll have um, a lot of the common you know, translations for you know what it would be like in America um, for these different terms that they use for you know drugs and activities and and things that we've just you know never heard of around here. Huh. That's that's very smart. So. Andrew, you're actually getting a chance to direct in uh, The Effect by Lucy Preble. So I'm really looking forward to that one. Talk about your directing process. Uh, how are you going to approach that one? Oh, that's a tall order. Um, so I'm, I'm really, really um, excited. <laughs> I keep using that word, but I, I am. Uh, the Effect it to me is like the first play in my um, directing experience that I, that kind of found me uh, at the right place at the right time. And I picked it up and read it and just immediately latched onto it. And I was particularly stubborn, I think in play selection uh, meetings about wanting to do this show Um, and whether or not I directed it, I just wanted to see it get done. Um, we, uh, there was a production at Studio Theater uh, two seasons ago, I believe, uh, that some of our members had seen and just said it was amazing. Um, and I took a look at some interviews from the cast of the show over in London. Um, now, I think what really excites me about this play is the questions that it brings up. and. For some people, um, these the question of whether or not love is something born out of a chemical reaction versus something that is, you know, I guess maybe in the world of fate or um, and to you know to spirits to people who are meant to be together. Um, There's this big discussion about, you know, what love is, what feelings are, um, and whether or not, you know, we're going day by day just through a series of chemical reactions or if there's something more. Um, And that happens to be pretty important to me. Um, In my daily life, I, I take psychopharmaceutical very seriously, and I know a lot of friends who do too, and I think these questions are on all of our minds. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Adrian, what, what's your take on all, all, on all that? 
so I, unfortunately, I was not a part of the um, place of place selection committee. I'm, I'm on some other committee, so I was unable to uh, to have make the commitment. So uh, I, my experience for with the effects has really just been, you know, the blurbs and kind of hearing a little bit what what Andrew is talking about. Um, I mean, I, I think it'll be a very interesting stretch. Um, you know, love is it has a lot of broad appeal, um, and we, you know, we're adding in the uh, the, the pharmaceutical, tr you know, clinical trials, you know, th things that are happening, you don't, you don't necessarily know you're, whether or not you're in control. And I think a lot of us, uh, you know, kind of feel that, uh, that we have very little control over our own lives, uh, that, we, you know, we kind of don't know, you know, you know, who's in charge. Is it us? Is it Big Brother? What's happening? And so I think uh, it, it just sounds like a very interesting play. It sounds like something that, again, is going to be different. Um, our audiences, again, from a marketing and public relations perspective, we're always trying to make sure, you know, that we keep our uh, our subscribers, our long-term uh, audience base. But at the same time, we also have to grow our audience, and 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 people like to stretch. So we'll see. Uh, I think the the effect might be one of those plays that that again gets uh, some people. Some people might love it, and some people might not. Uh, but we're going to give it a try, and 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 hopefully, uh, hopefully, people of all ages and and uh, and all backgrounds will enjoy it. You know, one thing I'm looking forward to is the technical aspects in this show. Um, the way it's presented is sort of um, as if you were a silent um, audience looking in on a clinical trial going on for uh, between some test subjects for a new antidepressant pill. And so at the beginning of the show particularly, there's a lot of uh, rudimentary medical tests there's a lot of moments where you're seeing these these characters sort of isolated by themselves kind of being tested and prodded and uh, there's some really good opportunity to bring in um, some some special lighting effects some LEDs I think we're even going to look at um, LCD screens to display some of the um, I guess the the bi the biofeedback stuff that you would get um, if you were if you had a bunch of machines hooked up to you and you get, because they're specifically called out in the script that you need to see the heartbeats, you need to um, just kind of really experience like you're, like you're maybe one of the other doctors participating in the study. Um, and it's kind of a very clinical lens at the beginning. So I'm really looking forward to how we can achieve that technically. Yeah, that, that's, the the magic of theater. I mean, you know, just bringing it, bringing everything to life. That's right. I'm a big Shakespeare fan, particularly Hamlet. And you got these two characters, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. And uh, the playwright Tom Stoppard wrote a play, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. And that is being directed by uh, Lance Bankard. So, uh, Andrew, you got to talk about what you know about that one. Um, I, Aladrian is a huge Shakespeare fan. I am. So I'm going to pass this <laughs> off to her. So, okay, so Aladrian. I was, I was really, Shoot. I was really excited to hear that we were doing uh, uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. I, I like to call it RNG uh, for short. Um, I actually did this show, or, or think was a, a part of a technical crew that did the show in college. So it's actually one of my favorites. Uh, I actually perform here in Baltimore as an actor as well, uh, primarily in Shakespeare. So 
uh, Rosenkatzen Guild and Stern, for, for those who may not know, uh, they are minor characters uh, in, the, uh, in the play Hamlet. Um, but in RNG or Dead, uh, basically we have a flip. So RNG, who are minor characters in the original Hamlet, are now the major characters. And, you know, uh, other characters who appear in Hamlet, you know, uh, you know, Claudius and Hamlet and everybody else, they all become the sideshow. Uh, so this is, this is the kind of show that is very um, um, uh, leans on the absurd, um, has a lot of com- comedic elements to it. Um, it's nonstop. It's, in some instances, it's, it's nonsensical, but it's a lot of fun. Um, Shakespeare lovers, uh, people who love Shakespeare will, will like it uh, because it all obviously will have hints to characters and, and, and talks about Hamlet, a very uh, uh, successful play that a lot of people know. Um, but even people who don't necessarily like Shakespeare, this is like Shakespeare light. Uh, it's, it, it still has those reminiscent ep, uh, uh, essence of Shakespeare, um, but it, it's not, it doesn't have, you know, iambic pentameter. It doesn't have all the crazy English words. It's, it's very, very energetic, very, uh, very modern. And it's just, just a really, really fun show um, that I'm really, really happy that we're doing this season. Excellent. Excellent. So, Aladrian, I'm going to stay with you and then I'll go to Andrew. Now, I, I, I'm of the opinion that the 10 by 10 by 10 festival you guys have every year, this is the seventh year. I mean, it's just the energy in the building when you just go in to watch that. It's just amazing, all these young, unknown playwrights with these short plays. It is just simply astounding. Every year it brings so much excitement to the theater world. So, Aladrian, um, talk about what you know so far about uh, what's coming and then uh, some of the ways you're going to try to market it. Yeah, so uh, 10 by 10, again, 10 by 10 by 10, uh, for, for those, again, on the line who may not know, uh, it's, it's funny, we always we have a title of something, and it's pretty straightforward. We have 10 10-minute 10 plays, and, and, and we have a total of 10 actors, right, 10 by 10 by 10. Um, and for the last several years, uh, this has actually been um, a highlight of the season uh, for a lot of folks. Um, uh, we get a lot, uh, I will say here in Baltimore area, we get a lot of local playwrights who write short, uh, short plays. I myself am also a playwright. I actually submitted the last year. You know, uh, Andrew probably didn't, he probably read my play and didn't want to put it on. I'm not going to hold that against him. <laughs> But um, but either way, uh, it, 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 it's it's a it's a platform for uh, for local uh, artists uh, to um, to showcase their work from a written perspective. Um, it's a challenge for the actors uh, because they get a chance again. It's ten actors in ten different plays, so they all have to change characters and change costumes and and change basically complete scope um, in order to play these. And so from a, a marketing and, and, and PR perspective, I, I don't want to say it, but this one is actually a pretty easy sell because uh, people want to see local artists doing local work uh, featuring, you know, local actors. Um, and so, uh, again, it's, it's, it's for people who don't like really, really long, you know, dramatic, you know, two- and three-hour epic plays, this is, the, this is the, the type of shows you need to come to. We always say if you don't, if, if you don't like one of the, one of the shows, just wait, it'll be over in 10 minutes, and you'll see a, next, a, next, uh, a new one. Uh, so we're all, again, really excited about it. I'll be actually directing, do, directing for the first time uh, one of the uh, 10 by 10s. Uh, we, we still have to decide on the timeline uh, for when uh, the playwrights will, uh, will ask for submissions. But, Andrew, how many submissions did we get last year? We got over 100. We got 103 last year, which was by far our largest 
full of submissions, and what made that um, even more special is that it was the first time that we capped the number of show, uh, plays that each playwright could submit. Previously, uh, we didn't have a cap. We sometimes get five, six, seven plays, which is awesome, but they would all be from the same playwright. Uh, but to get 103 plays where we only allowed playwrights to submit two uh, was awesome, it was great. The other thing that I really love, I'm sorry, uh, uh, and what I look forward to every year with the 10 by 10 is is finding new um, actors to work with. Um, Last year, we had about four of the 10 um, who had never done a show here at 10 by 10 before, um, and we immediately are able to give them a couple varieties of roles and and just get to see how they shine, Um, and we get people to join um, as members after doing by the 10 by 10 by 10 because it's just such a great experience. And, um, and we get people who we look forward to casting in our full productions um, just by finding them for the 10 by 10. Yeah. Yeah. And there's also, uh, I know there's the aspect whereby the audience members can vote on their favorite uh, play, Uh. which I think is just fascinating. Yeah, yeah, and we started a couple years back um, taking those votes and making them mean something for our playwrights. They work very hard, and most of these playwrights are still, I guess, in the early stages of getting their work out there in the world, and we want to make sure that they're compensated, uh, just like uh, we made an initiative this season to compensate all of our artists. But when you vote at the 10 by 10 by 10, um, the top three finish uh, with cash prizes. And also because of that, the the audience enjoys uh, some enjoys participating in the process. You, I've I've done uh, some uh, box office uh, and watched some of the shows, uh, the previous shows for Ten by Ten by Ten, and you'd be amazed at how excited people are. They're talking, oh, did you did you I picked this one first? Well, what about you? Do you? Oh, I picked that one first. And so it really gets them engaged um, and really gets them to participate in the process and just not be a, a passive observer watching theater. So it, it, is, a, it is a good time. Yeah, every, uh, every year I've been the one um, stuck with the duty of tallying up all the votes, which are paper votes. So that's usually a, a full day of just digging through papers and, and counting votes. And this year it was really great to see that we had every show – had at least um, at least a handful of people who thought that was the best show, um, and yeah. all for that to happen for all ten of our shows was, spo- mm. I think, spoke very highly of just the 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 good work that we're getting submitted to this festival. Yeah, amazing, amazing. So. Uh, we're getting near the end here, so I just want to very quickly delve into uh, Andrew. Just talk quickly about how you got involved in uh, uh, Fells Point Corner Theater, and then uh, Aladrian, uh same question. So, Andrew. Um, well, it's a it's a good transition for me because my first um, involvement at Fells Point Corner Theater was with the Ten by Ten. This was six years ago. And that was the second 10 by 10 that had ever been put up. And um, I had been pulled over here by uh, one of my now really close friends. I call him my brother, David Shoemaker. 
Um, he had suggested that I come over here and audition. He had done it the year before, and he had seen me and his because uh, his sister and I were both in Arsenic and Old Lace over at Vagabonds, and they were having the auditions over here. So I came and um, got cast, and I got to be on stage in nothing but a pair of red underwear for this crazy play called Hot Frog. Um, and I got to be in another um, play written by uh, one of the local playwrights around here, Peter Davis. Um, it was called Bring a Shovel. And... Um, yeah, I got to I got to wear a beard and I was out in the desert and called my brother to middle of the night to come uh, bring a shovel. So that's how I got my yeah. start here. And the season after that, um, I acted in a few other plays. I did Superior Donuts and Lone Star uh, Laundry of Bourbon, as well as the next Ten by Ten. And um, I got involved on the board. I was doing a lot of sound design, which is one of uh, I think my favorite design aspect. To work on so I did a lot of sound design for here and and got, joined the board and just found myself uh, one day uh, being the, the president here um, taking over for Mr. Rick Stover. Amazing. And William and, and William for yeah. uh, for for me um, I think uh, what was that the 2015 2016 season or 2016 2017 season I can't remember if it's two years or three years. Um, I was in, uh, I was, I acted in a show. It's the first time I had uh, acted in a show here with Bell's Point. Um, uh, the show was called The Elephant Man, uh, and it was a collaborative, or um, yeah, collaborative, uh, a co-production uh, with uh, the collaborative uh, theater company um, that uh, used to, it was in residence here uh, at, at the, here in the building for Ellsworth Corner Theater. Um, and I remember uh, the, uh, the, the the director of that show, uh, um, Anthony Hinkle, who has since passed away, uh, he had recently joined the board as the secretary, and he was actually look, looking for you know uh, additional members, people who were highly motivated. Uh, I have a background in in, in project management, uh, just people who kind of wanted to be on the board and kind of saw a need to help. Um, and I joined, and I've I've been here ever since uh, because I really enjoyed um, the mission of the theater. Um, I think the building that we have here, it's, uh, the theater itself has been, Felsmore Corner Theater, is, this is its uh, 31st year of operation, so it's been around a while. Um, it's an established theater, um, and, you know, they just, you know, needed some additional, uh, you know, additional support um, from a membership perspective. Uh, I've been um, uh, acting as the uh, fundraising communications as well as uh, the grant chair, so basically trying to get money and trying to to spread the word about the goodness that uh, that is Fells Point Corner Theater. So, yes, that's that's how I've been associated with the theater for the last uh, two years. Yeah, I think the building the building is very, very special. It's something uh, you would be hard struck to find anywhere else in Baltimore with two stages, um, one of them, you know, being a large proscenium stage, one of them being something a little bit more intimate. And um, so I fell in love with the building, as, as does most people who come here and, and work on a show here with us. So, you know, Andrew, you mentioned uh, – uh, I've, I've got to shout out David Shoemaker. I'm a, I'm a genuine David Shoemaker fan. And uh, anybody within the sound of my voice, I mean, that's one of the many reasons to go up there to Phil's Point Corner Theater and, uh, and really take in a show. So um, – uh, Aladrian, so uh, this is the last question. So uh, just quickly talk about how playwrights 
uh, actors, uh, audience members? I mean, how can people get involved? Uh, get involved with to, to volunteer or be a part of the theater? Volunteer, come see a show, any of it, all of it. Sure, sure. So, again, we're, we're – with our 2018 season, uh, starting with Sex with Strangers, here's my shameless plug, Sex with Strangers opens on this coming Friday, September 14th, and runs through October 7th. Uh, so uh, come see the show. Our first show, I guess it said, starts this coming Friday, and we're running uh, running until uh, next uh, next summer. Uh, June is where, May and June is when we're having uh, 10 by 10 by 10. So we're always looking for audience members to come uh, be a part of the, uh, of the, of the experience. Um, uh, we we ha- I believe we had our season and uh, season auditions for um, for actors, so I think we're mostly cast for for the season. But for ten by ten by ten, that's a perfect opportunity uh, because we obviously haven't seen the plays yet, and we might need additional actors for actors to come out and audition uh, for those shows. Um, if they're interested in volunteering, uh, they can always go on the website that's uh, 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 or send us an email at support at uh, fpct.org. Um, we're always looking for members to volunteer. We're looking for people who want to get volunteer hours for cleaning the theater. We're looking for people to help with box office. Uh, so anyone who's loved theater, uh, wanted to be a part of theater, ever thought about being a stagehand or run crew or working lights uh, or doing uh, costumes, we're always looking for people uh, to participate. Uh, and we're, you know, we're open to, to all types of people. Uh, and we just want everyone to kind of have fun and have a good experience and 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 support uh, local Baltimore art. Yeah, I think we're we're really proud of the product that we can put out here. Um, and what I mean by that is the the level of productions that we are putting on um, for seven shows in a season uh, and the value uh, of those productions versus the ticket prices that we are setting. Um, I think are I, I don't think you can find a better way to spend uh, $19 or, or $24 uh, for your entertainment value here in Baltimore. Um, and that, uh, I think a lot of people agree with us. And um, we've actually um, started selling subscriptions, and we're running a special that will only uh-huh. be available for, the, for two more days. Uh, that's been uh-huh. running for the last couple of weeks. It's our early bird special. So um, throughout the entire run of Sex with Strangers, you can get a subscription at the regular price. So all seven shows that we've talked about here tonight, uh, you can get that subscription at 130 But if people go to our website, uh, fpct.org, uh, before the curtain rises Friday night, you can get an extra $20 off your season subscription for that uh, total to be 110 uh, seven main stage productions, big name plays off of Broadway, international successes, and of course our classic comedies and the Ten by Ten by Ten. Um, and William, I have one, one more one more plug since we got to run out uh-huh. of time. Um, I just wanted to say that uh, not only do we have these shows of the season, uh, but we're also uh, because of our space, we're also able to um, to host uh, several events by outside uh, organizations. Uh, we just recently had an improv uh, group come in and do a couple weeks set. Uh, again, improv, you know, fun, you know, last minute, you, you know, you're getting call-outs kinds of, uh, kinds of a show. And so we're also having a, a follow-on holiday improv show uh, the 15th through the 25th of November. Um, we also uh, did something last year. It was a part of our fundraising initiative, and we're doing it again. It's called the Monologue Slam, and we do it in July, or excuse me, uh, January uh, of this coming year. Uh, and it's an opportunity for local artists to present their best monologue. And we have a, uh, a panel of judges, 
and we basically battle it out. Every every artist uh, does a monologue, and they get critiques, and um, they get judged, and the best the best may the best monologue win. And we sold we sold out the house last year, and we and we we're coming back again for more uh, in January. So look look forward for that. Yeah, we also with that monologue slam invite a lot of the big wigs from other theater companies in town uh, as another level to it. We want to make sure that you know everybody who is showcasing their monologue um, can also get seen by perhaps other theater companies that they haven't worked for before. Wow, you guys are doing a lot. Well, uh, um, Andrew uh, and Aladrian, I really enjoyed this. Uh, I really, really wish you much success with the upcoming season. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, William. It's been a great pleasure to be on your show. Absolutely. Okay, y'all have a great night. You too. You too. Okay. Thanks. All right, folks out there in Radio Land, remember to do something for your career every single day and break a leg. Good night. Under the dark, you pacify me. Hold my breath. Take me down, I won't fight Beat of my heart, you drum inside me Somewhere my death Makes a sound no one can find I never met anyone like you Danger 